Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promoting for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hi, this is Freddie Spencer reporting after the 2017 MotoGP World Championship. First off, I want to say what a pleasure it's been doing these podcasts this year. It's my first year doing it with Motorsports Magazine, and it's truly been a pleasure. And I really appreciate the support that I've gotten from all of you out there, and I hope you've really enjoyed it. And my goal has always been is not to talk at you or to, to just throw out statistics or anything, but to give you a little bit of insight into what the writers would be thinking and maybe in any given situation. A little bit of perspective from my point of view, but more importantly, to maybe help you see it a little bit differently. You know, one of the things I'm most proud of about Grand Prix racing is, is we don't just get out there and it's not just about how fast you can go. It takes a lot more than that, especially at the top level. You know, when I talk to younger writers or even the average writer, when I was doing my school, which I loved and I've talked about, it's my favorite thing is, is teaching and to help others. But I would always try to give them a little bit of insight in their thinking. It's the mindset, and we talked about that some this year. And we and talked about how that, that is such an important part of the approach. It makes a really good Grand Prix motorcycle racer. There's so much going on, the ability to anticipate what's going to come next. The ability to be consistent, have a strong mental mindset, to be able to adapt to any given situation is what makes the difference and ultimately shows at the end of the season where you get your best rider and your world champion. So it's been an exciting year. Now, this year was a little bit different than last year. Last year we had nine new winners in MotoGP race, and I believe it set a record. Unbelievable, nine winners um, over the 18 races and that was certainly something that was very special. And it showed that Dorn had done a very good job in making the bikes a little bit easier, uh, bringing in when Michelin came in after Bridgestone dropped out with the singular uh, ECU, you know, electronics. Um, that certainly helped out where you didn't have maybe one team had one stronger than the other. It was the same for everybody. And certainly with Dorna trying to in, in, improve the equipment available for the the other teams, the non-factory teams, is certainly made the racing closer in many respects and uh, more exciting. And it should only get more that way in the future with Dorna stepping in and providing to money to the privateer teams or the, the semi-supported teams to help them lease the equipment. So you have a stronger range of equipment across the board, which is certainly going to be good for Grand Prix racing. And it should help make the the racing more exciting and the riders that aren't factor riders more even more inspired. So what I want to do in this year in review is I thought I would just go through and talk about the top 10 in the championship and give a little bit of my opinion of, of what they did strong, you know, what, what their strength was this year. Maybe something they could work on and uh, maybe even what possibly we could see from them next, se- next season. Now, the rider who finished in 10th position 
was Giannis Folger. Now he was the rookie uh, along with Johan Zarco on the Tech 3 team this year. And certainly a little bit different than his teammate who had two world titles and you would expect that Johan was going to be the stronger of the two. But Giannis, he right away proved he could ride a MotoGP bike and seemed to adapt pretty well. And on his strength uh, of his ride in the German Grand Prix at Saxon Ring, he had a chance all the way up to the end. It looked like a possibly winning the race. He only finished a couple seconds behind Mark Marquez, who came through when he needed to. But Giannis had, that was basically the top for him. Uh, he, it seemed like right after the break, and, and as we now know uh, with the um, virus issues that he's had, uh, that has zapped all his energy, Epstein-Barr uh, virus that he had had before, but it seemed to pop back up. And I believe stress certainly has something to do with it. There's a lot of things in, in unknown. But the main thing is is that they at least know what it is. It is something that, that he can get fixed, and, and he wasn't able to ride. And he showed up in Japan, was so weak, couldn't even get out of bed for two days. And so the team sent him back, which, of course, they, they had to do. He had the test run, and hopefully he'll come back even stronger next year. But as a rookie, he did a good job. And usually what shows up in that first year and the most difficult thing for, for a rookie is consistency. And you'll see that in, in a couple of the other riders um, on, on this list. But next year, um, if he comes back strong, I expect that he's going to do pretty well. He seems to have the ability. And now we have to see if he has everything else it takes to be a Grand Prix winner. In ninth position was Cal Crutchlow. And Cal really didn't have a successful season compared to last year. We had his two wins, his two main GP wins. You know, Cal reminds me of another racer uh, that was around Grand Prix racing for a long time, who I respected a lot, uh, Alex Barros. And the reason why is he's workmanlike in his performance. You know, Alex uh, was kind of on the fringes uh, with Cito Ponza's 500 uh, Honda-supported team and then the MotoGP bikes when they got that. And so I, I know he did a lot of testing with them. Same thing with Yamaha uh, when he rode for uh, the Yamaha squad. And, and then he got a, did get a factory ride on, on the HRC team for a season. Um, and he won you know, the Suzuki 8-hour. And he was just always there. And he won a couple of Grand Prix. And you know, so I kind of feel like Cal's in that same boat. Obviously a talented rider, but it's his, his effort, and he just works really hard to get the most out of his ability and to get the job done. And, and like I said, sometimes it's easy to forget uh, that Cal has been successful and been on the podium with three different brands of bike, Ducati, Yamaha, and of course, he's won races on the Honda. So he's obviously a very versatile rider. What's it going to take for him to be a more consistent winner? Well, you know, he has said, you know, the difference between what he's able to do on the Honda and Mark Marquez and he's very honest about that, and it's one thing you got to like about Cal is he'll tell you exactly what he thinks, is that Mark is able to ride around some of the problems. And so maybe if they get the bike uh, a little more under control, a little more tame, um, you know, he can get back on, on the top rostrum. And, but we'll have to see going into next year. Next to him, uh, in eighth position, was Danielle Petrucci. Uh, now, Dan Danielle, uh, he actually had a good performance at San Marino uh, and looked like he was going to win that race. He showed this year he can ride in certainly in iffy conditions. Um, I think the Ducati uh, that he was riding, the GP16, was a very good motorcycle. Uh, 
um, and he certainly showed it well. And but his consistency, um, he struggled uh, with grip issues in some of the races toward the end of the season in in dry conditions, um, and even in in wet conditions in in one of the races, I believe in Malaysia, where he struggled a little bit. But he certainly has the ability to be able to get the job done. And if it's a track like Mazzano, he seems to be pretty scrappy, and and that helps him. He doesn't mind getting in there, and getting getting the getting the job done. So. He's certainly shown he can, he can perform, and we'll have to see what happens uh, after that. Uh, next on the list was Jorge Lorenzo. Now, Jorge Lorenzo in seventh position. It's certainly going into this year. We thought he would probably be the top Ducati, but it doesn't surprise me either because Jorge showed in years past that when he's not comfortable with the bike uh, and when there's some issues, he struggles. Um, I know he's extremely intense off the racetrack as far as in preparation, concern, and, and effort, and he's emotional. And that sensitivity, though, you kind of see in his riding. It's one reason he's very smooth, and he's able to um, get out front, and, um, and he certainly is a great leader of the race, as he showed many times this year. He just wasn't able to maintain the pace. Part of that is, is many times he ran the softer tire and the grip would go away. That softer tire, because he likes to carry a lot of edge, you know, uh, corner speed right on the edge of the tire. Um, if they can get the bike turning better mid-corner, I think that Jorge certainly would be there. And, and you got to, I mean, he's a five-time, obviously, world champion. And so he can, he can get the job done. One of the most successful in the history of MotoGP. So it'll be interesting to see what happens uh, in winter testing once they get the 2018 bike and if it is better. Next on the list was Johan Zarco. Now, Johan, um, again, an unbelievably talented rider, and he showed that in, in Moto2. He could ride in any conditions. I think the expectation for him was to come in and do well, just didn't know how well. And we didn't know, I wasn't sure how well he was going to deal with, with competing. Um, certainly once he got in there with, with the Valentino Rossi's and the Maverick Granales and how he was going to do with his inexperience. Just like with his teammate Folger, though, it was consistency that was the problem. And that is many times to be expected. Uh, it's very unusual for a rider to come in and to um, be consistently at the top with no MotoGP experience, or in my day, the 500cc Grand Prix bike experience, week in and week out. You just kind of get used to that level of pressure and expectation. But when he did do well, he put in some great performances, and he had a couple chances to, to be right there and, and kind of sniff at a victory. But it's certainly going to take a little more consistency, and everybody expects that from him. It would be interesting to see. If Yamaha uh, steps up and gives him a 2018 bike uh, for next season instead of the 2017. Now, in the testing they did at Valencia, he seemed to like it okay, but that was at a track like Valencia, a little bit different than the high, higher speed circuits um, where especially Valentino and them struggled on. So we'll have to wait and see. Uh, next on the list, of course, is Valentino Rossi. Uh, Valentino finished fifth in the championship. Not, not so surprising. Uh, he's 38 years old. Uh, I think, as I mentioned during the broadcast, 2015 was his best chance to be World MotoGP champion again. 
but he had some great races this year. You know, that performance at Silverstone is a perfect example um, where he led for most of the race and he never faded. Uh, was an example of what he can do on any given Sunday. But that's going to be the most difficult thing for him. Next year he'll be 39 years old, especially if Yamaha still struggles uh, getting the bike to perform up to really the standard it did in 2015 and 2016. But he's an old war horse, and he certainly has the crowd behind him. He has the motivation. He, I even read the other day where he said that the, he's scared to retire, and, and that doesn't surprise me at all. I've said many times, nobody's better being Valentino than Valentino, and I've known him ever since he was a little, little boy, and, and he just is inspired to ride, and he loves to ride, and I understand that. Uh, I still like to ride, too. So it'll be... Interesting to see, and it's great for Grand Prix racing when Valentino Rossi is up in the mix for the win late on a Sunday afternoon. Fourth in the championship, Danny Petrosa. Now, Danny is a rider that has come back from his, his wrist problems that he had. He's, he shows every year that he can still win races, and his performances, his couple of wins, and that performance that he had at Valencia um, when he was battling with, with Johan was really great. And... Um, you know, he just gets the job done. He's a great teammate to Mark Marquez. He really is. He's not a threat to Mark. I think they're very similar in, in things that they do to work to get that to get that Honda working. And, and he's going to be there. You know, this next year will be his 12th season in the championship. You know, so he still gets the job done. Third is, is Maverick Pinales. Now, Maverick was a disappointment, I feel. You know, Maverick, I had predicted him to finish second in the world in the championship this year because I thought, and I couldn't wait, and I was really looking forward to that race where everything came together and it was Mark and Maverick, old childhood rivalries. You know, I, I mentioned early in the season, Loris Baz told me when they were kids, Loris Baz, you know, a Spanish writer, that when they were kids that it was Maverick and Mark who battled, and everybody thought Maverick, you know, would, would be right up there and maybe even better. He had a lot of ability, but he just took a different path. And I think this season maybe showed that. You know, he was really strong in winter testing, won three races, first three races, and then I think he realized he was leading the world championship. And again, it's kind of sensitive and, and a little bit emotional. And he had that incident in one of the practice sessions with, with Valentino, and he got distracted. And that's something he's going to have to work through and not allow to happen um, because that will definitely affect you and get you off your focus and your ability to perform at your absolute best, which is required at the very elite level. So if he can work through that and get stronger mentally and, and, and check his emotions basically at the door once he leaves to get ready for the race um, and get more methodical, really, I think that he ha certainly has the ability, again, if Yamal can get the bike working better late in the race. Now, the last two guys, Andrea DeVizioso on the Ducati. What a surprise, and what a great performance this year. He was able to work through really the disappointment of so many years. Um, you know, we talked about the seven. He won a race seven years later. He won his, finally his second race and then seven weeks and, and so forth, and this year, with six wins, and just a great performance. And he was able to, I think the, the burden with Jorge Lorenzo coming in, uh, the fact that it, it motivated him. And 
And again, that mindset, and we talked about that earlier, that it was his change of way of life. He's certainly a smart rider. He showed that, and those two wins with Mark Marquez were on the last lap, last corner. He set Mark up perfectly, and it drew Mark in, and it forced Mark into a mistake or, or forced Mark into not being able to, to make exactly the right move. Um, and he was able to just you know make those two moves and – pass Mark and win the race. And, and both of them were, were very smart, very methodical, very smart. It's going to be interesting to see next year if he can maintain that level of performance uh, week in and week out as he did this year. I don't see why he can't. They make some improvements on the bike. Mid-corner direction change is one of them. I think we'll not only see Jorge do even better, but I think the VCO so too. So it'll be great seeing. Of course, last rider in the championship won the world championship. I've talked so much about this year, Mark Marquez, and what can you say? Because I think the performances of, and what Cal Crushlow said about the Honda and inconsistency or just the difficulty in riding it at, at its very top, which is many times what a 500 was like, the unpredictability. Week in and week out uh, that Mark was able to do uh, with 27 crashes, that's the only thing he needs to improve is, you know, because eventually, hopefully, it never happens where he gets hurt or anything, but 27 times he hit the ground this year. Um, that he needs to improve, but, but like I said, what can you say about a great performance uh, this year? And he was 37 points behind, remember that, uh, behind Maverick Granales after the Maverick after the first three races. And he had told his crew, you know, that he wants to be in the point lead before the summer break, and he was tied at the summer break. I understand that. It's it's one of the things that, that Mark does so well, and him and I have talked about it because I was the same way. you got to see it in your thoughts to believe that it can happen, and, and he certainly made that happen. It's going to be an exciting next season, I believe, and I look forward to doing more of these podcasts, and I look forward to hope you enjoy it. And again, I appreciate you watching this. And so have a very happy holiday. Merry Christmas to everyone and enjoy your winter. Look forward to next time.